You're listening to a podcast of The River in Durant, Oklahoma. We hope that what you're about to hear will bless you and empower you to live the life that God has called you to live. We hope that it will strengthen you in faith and that it will help you better understand and better recognize who you are in Christ Jesus. I'll tell you what I tell audiences around the world where I go and speak. Today you're going to hear a man that sounds like he has rocks in his mouth or he's had too much to drink. I promise you I don't have rocks in my mouth. I came across an article yesterday, yesterday, a few days ago, about bodybuilders. I used to be one of those. I, I'm interested in how the body works, you know. I found 10 things to do to increase your body. I looked at all those and I saw something special in there. There's a correlation every time with each of these things he said to do to strengthen your body. There's a correlation in there for the spirit. <coughs> Today I'm going to take you through those 10 things. To increase your spiritual power, okay? okay. You might learn something. You might learn something from the physical too. I don't know, but I'm not here about this physical. I'm just taking it as a marker to help us identify how to grow spiritually. We're talking about increase. Amen. One thing they said to do to increase your physical strength is to get stronger. I thought that's stupid. So get stronger. But the best bodybuilders that ever existed, they say, were strong. And they knew more strength was more muscle. And increase your squat, he said, to 300 pounds. Bench press to 220 pounds. And deadlift to 400 pounds. Anybody here done any, ever done any muscle building, weightlifting? Your overall muscle mass will increase because strength is size, it says. Strength is size. Now the spiritual for that is found in Ephesians chapter 6 verse 10. Let's turn there. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 10. Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Power of his might is a strange terminology to use if you ask me. He uses three different Greek words here to talk about this. Three different ones. None of them are exousia or, or, or dunamis. There's all kinds of Greek words for strength and power. It says, Finally, my brethren, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. That means in the force of his forcefulness. How forceful is God? How strong is he? You can be strong in that strength. That's awesome. Think about it. You can be strong in his strength. Everybody talks about being strong in his weakness, but you can be strong in his, in his strength. His force or forcefulness. Increase your involvement. Increase your involvement. Where? In the local church. Increase your involvement in the local church. You get strong that way. Take on a problem area in the church. Take on a problem area in the church. Find something that you see a problem and say, I want to help with that. Amen. Amen. Please do that. We need you. Look here at the deacons. You know, everybody heard of Stephen Stephen and Philip? You know why you know Stephen? Because he was picked as a deacon. Yeah. A deacon first. Not an elder, not a preacher, not a pastor, not an apostle. He was a deacon. In the New Testament, that's the lowest form of leadership in the, in the whole body of Christ. The deacon role is the, the lowest form of leadership. It is a leadership position, but it's a real service position. And what did they do? Read Acts chapter 6, Miss Anne, verse 1. And in those days, when the number of the disciples was multiplied, there arose a murmuring of the Grecians against the Hebrews, because their widows were neglected in the daily ministration. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them, and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve tables. Wherefore, brethren... Look ye out among your, you seven men of honest report, 
full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the word. And the saying pleased the whole multitude, and they chose Stephen, a man full of faith and of the Holy Ghost. The what? The the Holy Ghost. And Philip and Prochorus and... Nicanor. Nicanor and Timon and... Parmenus. And Nicholas, a proselyte of Antioch, whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they laid their hands on them. And the word of God increased, and the number of disciples multiplied in Jerusalem greatly. And a great company of the priests were obedient to the faith. Read verse 8. And Stephen, full of faith and power, power. did great wonders and miracles. Wait a minute, wait a minute. Before he started this, he said he was full of, full of faith in the Holy Ghost. And now it says he's full of power. Where does this increase in power come from, I wonder? Serving. 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 Serving is a way to power. It'll increase your power, too. I think about Miss Anne, how she came up in the things of God. She started out as a janitor in the church. Janitor in the church. Your power days were in your, were in your serving, honey. Yeah, that's right. She always prayed for people. In Bible college, she prayed for a man and died. He, got, he came back to life. I watched it right with my own eyes. It was scary. <laughs> we're out on the highway. And... Uh, Dallas on I-20 and there was a man on the side of the road just dead just clutching his heart he was taking his last breaths and there and the guy we were with was a, a paramedic right was a paramedic and he pulled over to the side and said I, I have to stop he jumped out and ran back there and started working on this guy but he didn't have any he didn't have his bag or anything with him he'd just been a paramedic and uh he started giving this guy mouth-to-mouth pre- pre- precipitation, <laughs> perspiration. <laughs> started giving him resuscitation methods and he pumping on his chest, you know, breathing into his mouth. And I, I'd never seen two men, men look like that before. It was kind of shocking for me in the seven, back in the 70s. Miss Ann was over there on one side, I was on the other side by the, by the guy working on him. I had the guy's hand in my hand. Printed up a quiet prayer. Like I, like I was Presbyterian or something, you know. <laughs> I was born and raised in a Pentecostal church. Loud, 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 screaming, crying, praying, shouting prayers. This day I wasn't. A few others had gathered around by this time. A circle of people had gathered around this guy. Miss Ann's over there across from me. I'm over here and I'm praying that little prayer. Oh, Father, help this man. Don't let him die. Oh, God. About that time, Jim, was this guy's name, Jim, said, I'm losing him. He whispered real loud that his wife and the other woman heard him. They, they were with the guy. They, they, they all went, oh, crying and everything. And uh, I'm going to tell this story. I know you're uncomfortable about it, but I'm going to tell it. And uh, Ann said, when he said, when he said, I'm losing him, Ann said, no, not on my watch, not today, not ever. She fell, fell down on her knees and slammed both hands on his chest and said, come out of him, you spirit of death, right now, in Jesus' name, leave him. The guy took a breath. Oh, took a breath right, right in front of our eyes. Yeah. I saw it. He'd been turning all kinds of shades of blue and purple. His flesh came back to him. About the time an ambulance rolled up and got him, took him off to the hospital. She saved his life. I saw it with my own eyes. It's a powerful thought when you, a powerful thing to see when you see something like that. But she was nobody then. She was a Bible school student because she was willing to serve. If you're willing to serve, God can use you in big ways, big ways. She, she became a janitor. 
and she went to the nursery, and she went to my secretary, and she became an assistant secretary, I mean assistant pastor. Now she's a senior pastor. Glory to God. Back to the, phys the physical. But point number two. Add weight, it says. This is how you grow in your ministry, increase in your power. It says forget about pumping up muscle and soreness. Instead, focus on adding weight to the bar. Try to lift more than you did last time. You'll get stronger, which will increase your overall muscle mass. If you don't lift more today than last month or year, you're not building muscle. So listen to this. Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. Verse 28. Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and you shall find rest unto your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. And Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you. Well, I'm already burdened down. I guess another yoke won't hurt. But he said his yoke is easy. The burden is light. Increase your involvement in the church. You think it's a heavy, heavy load? Take, take this yoke upon you. Jesus' yoke is, is the local church's yoke. The yoke of Jesus is the local church. Other people's needs are important. You give yourself to serving. You give yourself to serving others and you'll get take your mind off what you're doing wrong. What's going wrong with you? Increase your involvement. Take on a heavier load at church. A heavier load. Miss Ann did some of those things I'm telling you about all at one time. And every time she took on a new job, she couldn't give up the other jobs. She had to keep doing that one too. You know what it is? Like in the local church, it's the way it is most times. She wasn't looking for a promotion. The promotion came, glory to God. It always does. Promotion always comes. Look at somebody and say, promotion always comes. But she was always faithful to her ministry of prayer too. Amen. You will because, you will because like those with you whom you spend time. You will become like those whom we spend time with. Promotion comes. You become like those you spend time with. Number three, the physical. Do compounds, they say. I don't know what that means till I read this. Do compounds. Do exercises that work several muscles at the same time. Oh, I know what that means. You'll be able to lift heavier weights, which will trigger more muscle growth. Bulk of your routine should consist of heavy squats, bench, deadlifts, Overhead presses and barbell rows. Well, I think of the spiritual, I think of this. First Thessalonians chapter 5. Verse 15. See that none render evil for evil unto any man, but ever follow that which is good, both among yourselves and to all men. Rejoice evermore. And listen to this litany of things he's got here. Rejoice First Thessalonians 5. 16. 16 now. Rejoice evermore. Pray without ceasing. In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God in Christ Jesus concerning you. Quench not the spirit. Despise not prophesying. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. Abstain from all appearance of evil. And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly. And I pray, God, your whole spirit and soul and body be preserved Amen. unto the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Do something, to, do something to challenge your entire man, spirit, soul, and body. You need a balanced life, you see. You need to be all spirit, all flesh. A balanced life is a, a life that has a routine. Hear me. Going to church regularly is one of the best things you can do for your life. It helps you. For so many, so many, I know you're all here, so I'm not going to ball you out for being here. <laughs> but it does help you keep a balance to life. 
You need a balance in your life. Those who get one one thing in their mind, one focus on in their life, become all about that. They don't understand what's wrong with the, with the world. They look at the world differently. They look at the world through the, those glasses that they have on. You see, and if it doesn't fit into their their view anymore, they think everybody's going crazy. I kind of think the world's going crazy right now. But it's because of my view of the world, my view of the Bible, the way I think the Word of God ought to have an impact on society. But you challenge your whole man, your spirit, soul, and body to have be balanced. When I was a young youth youth pastor, I, I, I was acutely aware of young folks' needs back then. They have tendencies to get over-focused on one thing. They get a new phone, their faces in that phone for a month. You don't ever see them, see, can't, can't see their faces, can't make eye contact with them, eye contact with them, Marley. They're all wrapped up in that phone or a game of some kind. That's their tendency. So I took a, adopted a three pronged approach to this need. My youth group I had the largest youth group in the whole county, uh, spirit filled churches, anyway. Had one third of the time we used, we, they were in worship and word. The other third of the time they were in service and work, service to the community or to the church somehow. The other third of the time they were in fun and fellowship. Young people need that. They need worship and word, service and work, and fun and fellowship. Yeah. Amen. I mean, three thirds had the largest group in, in the whole county, really. It's a powerful thing. So you spread yourself around if, if you can, some way, in the church. Remember, Jesus Jesus did not have one yoke for one people and another yoke for somebody else. His yoke is a yoke of grace. Grace is demonstrated in the local church. Amen. How many of you got saved in the local church? Got saved in the local church? Most everybody here. Let's go back to the physical. Number, number four. Use barbells, it says here. Use barbells. You can lift heavier weights in, with barbells than other, other tools, it says. You also have a balance, have to balance the weight yourself. Barbells involve more muscles and trigger more growth. Use free weights not attached to machines. Start light and use proper form to avoid injury. Wow. The spiritual to that is Romans chapter 4. Verse 19. Romans chapter 4. And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. He staggered not at the promises of the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God and being fully persuaded. How persuaded was he? Fully, that what he had promised, he was able also to perform. Listen to me. This means risk. Free weights are risky. You might drop one on your face. You know, you can think outside the framework of what makes you comfortable. Think outside the framework of what makes you comfortable. Take risks. Yeah. Of course, with your supervisors, okay. <laughs> I read an article one time. I'm always reading something. This article was about the fear of dogs. How to get over the fear of dogs. When I was a child, I had a collie dog in our house. And this, this dog loved fried potatoes. She ate fried potatoes every night. <laughs> Crazy dog. My dad would put him down on his feet, you know, and she ate him. But I was just two or three, three years old. I pulled her, pulled her tail because I wanted her to move out of the way. I pulled her tail, and she whirled, spun around and bit me on the mouth. I have a little white scar right there on my lip, right, 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 right there, I think, it maybe on this side. It's been so many years since I've seen my lip. I have a little white scar there under my under my mustache. That's not why I grew a mustache. I just 
Not very visible at all, but it's there anyway. But the dog bit me. And I did all right until I got about six or seven years old, and I started being deathly afraid of dogs. Something that got into my spirit, into my heart, you know, from that, from that moment. Because I, I kept seeing that dog's face, that those teeth coming right at my face, you know. It was a difficult time. And I was a grown man. I read this article, How to Get Rid of the Fear of Dogs. <sighs> I didn't want to do this. But one of the things it said, if you're accosted by a bad dog, take your hand and hold it down there like that in front of his face. I thought, I, pr I play the guitar. Right. Yeah. I need all of them. Yeah. I, I can't do that. I was, I, that's, that's crazy. It just tore it up and stood away, so I can't do that. Well, a few weeks later, I'm telling you, just a few weeks later, I was with a guy in San Angelo, Texas, a, 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 a plumber who's in our church. This plumber went, took me out to a ranch out on out in, the, out in San Angelo, uh, you know, uh, Wilbur Carr Brown, Carr Browns, Carr Scholarship, Brown, that family married. Wealthy beyond measure. I mean, just money everywhere. Had a little bit of, little bit of drunk house out in the middle of his ranch. That's what they called it. I guess shouldn't have told him your name. Told, told you his name. <laughs> anyway, he uh, had a little house out there that he went to when he was wife didn't want him in the house. I said that way, and uh, he had filled it with all kinds of uh, exotic animals. He had a had a polar bear in there. I don't know how, how he got to right to kill a polar bear. Probably just posted every kind of bear. Every kind of lion, African animal in there, all kinds of things. You wouldn't believe what was all was in this little house. It was stark raving amazing. But before I got in there, I had to get through the yard. Big bad dog was in that yard. <laughs> I don't know what kind of breed he was. He was a, he was the devil of a, devil of a breed, I think. <laughs> Demon spawn. <laughs> I I said, Don. I don't know what was the plumber's name. I said, will this dog bite? He said, oh, yeah, he bites. <laughs> I said, oh, we're going in there with him? He said, yeah, we're going to go in there. I said, oh, Don, I can't stand this, man. I'm so terrified of dogs. He said, oh, I'll be all right. Just stay with me. I said, okay. Come here, come here Greg. Walk across there. It's too hard walking. I was just like this with Don. <laughs> Just like this, maybe. <laughs> step for step. Shaking like a leaf. Shaking like a leaf. That <laughs> oh. was a big old guy, you know. I was, I was pretty small back then. I tried to hide from him for, so the dog wouldn't see me. Dog, the dog walked up to Don, just looked at him, and, and focused on me. <laughs> he could smell my fear, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> He he comes up there and he he I said Don you gotta stop and he stopped dog looking at me I just closed my eyes you know I hope he couldn't see me the dog was saying never bark but just just growl just move a muscle I'll kill you boy thank you that's what he said to me anyway I don't know what he heard. Heard. I don't know what I said to Don, but what Don heard, but that's what I heard. <laughs> About to eat you alive. I remember that article. So I went just like this. Oh, God. Yeah. <laughs> Help me. Dog smelled my, sniffed my hand, turned around, walked off. And when he walked off, he took that fear with me, with him. Yeah, amen. He just took it right out of me. Amen. Never had it again. Never had it. Never had it again. It's risky. I'm telling you, though, to, to grow. Very risky to grow. Let's look at number five. Physical. 
increased fre- frequency, it said there. The more often you train a muscle, to, you, the, the more you trigger it to grow. The more you do an exercise, the quicker you te- your technique the quicker your technique improves and the heavier you can lift. Start squatting, pressing, and pulling three times a week instead of only once. You know, some people go to church one day a week and they think they've think they done all they need to do. You'll never increase that way. You want to increase your spiritual life, increase involvement, prioritize Wednesday nights just like you do Sunday or something. something do something. I'm not saying I'm not trying to lay a guilt on you. I'm just telling you how to grow. Right. Yeah. You need more word and you need more prayer time. You need more other things. It's not about staying saved. I'm not like that. Right. You're saved, glory to God. If you're saved, you're saved. Yeah, glory to God. Miss Anna and I, we, we, we came to Jesus knowing, knowing the grace of God. We wanted, we wanted more. We just wanted more. We had a church across the river in Gainesville, Texas. Friends of ours, Gary and Linda Windrobe, they had a little church over there. They had church four, four or five times a week. They had, had a Tuesday night service and a Friday night service. So we added that to our repertoire. We went on Sunday morning, Sunday night to our church. On Monday night to, to a doctor's, doctor had a Bible study over there at his house on Monday nights. Went to Gary and Linda's on Tuesday night, back back to our church in Thackerville on Wednesday. Didn't go any place on Thursday. We backslid on Thursday night. (laughs) Friday night, Gary and Linda back over there to their place. We went one one night a week, we didn't go to church. Gary and Linda had a Saturday night service too, didn't they? Amen. We just grew. We just grew up. Just grew. Grew. Just being with people of God. We grew up. We were very young, but we, we we hung out with old people all the time. But it, it took it took us someplace. I remember when we were in San Angelo. I was in an elders meeting one time. An elders meeting which we had at night out there. Had them once a week. Oh, God help me. My elders here wouldn't do that. They just wouldn't do that. Because they had brains. We had an elder out there who was a genius of a man. He would beat a, a subject to death. Really smart man. A nuisance on a, on a board. Good man, but he's a nuisance on that board. He wanted to haggle over everything. But this night, it's about 11 o'clock, wasn't it? The phone rang at the house. This man called Ann and said, eh, she said, hello. He said, is this John Hollis' residence? Ann said, yes. He said, uh, is he a preacher or something? She said, yes, he is. He said, oh, man, I don't know who he is. And she, she said, who is this? He, he told, her, told her his name. And she didn't ever, she didn't know him, Tim something. And uh, Tim told her, he said, "Ma'am, I, I'm a counselor here. Have two master's degrees for my, for my the work I do here in San Angelo. I'm in a bank building right now with a, with a woman who just who's d- demonstrating something I never saw before. He said, I'm a Christian. I go to the Baptist church over there." I've heard about demons, but never saw one. And Anne said, and? He said, I'm seeing one now. This woman is exhibiting a personality. I don't, it can't be hers. It can't possibly be her personality. And it wasn't her personality. She'd been invaded by a demon force. He did not know what to do. He said, time got away from me. But this is so intriguing to me, he said, at first when it first manifested. He said, now, now here it is, 11 o'clock. I looked up there and it was about 6. He said, time has just flown by. Now I'm in the dark with her. He said, I need your help. So I bravely, I bravely, she called me at the, she called me at the, she called me at the office where I was with my elders. I bravely said, you're going with me, brother. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> took, took another elder with me. Went out to the bank building. Just something like, it was just like something you saw on, see on te- television. Have any of y'all ever heard me tell this story before? before? We walked in there, and he said, now, now, there's a place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma City, that runs our building here in, in San Angelo, Texas. Some outfit up in Oklahoma City runs our electricity and everything here in this building. He said, I can't turn on, turn on any lights. Can't turn on any lights. Can't turn them on. No. Have one have one little lamp here that I can control on my my desk here. So we we went up there. He told us how to get in and everything, and went in the elevator. The elevator was pitch black. You could not see your hand in front of your face. We came out. Said a little dim light from back back over here or someplace. I don't remember where. You could just barely see to walk through there. It's damn and spooky, and I know there's a demon in that building, you know. Walking through there, and I walked into the front, front, bullpen, secretarial office. I said, anybody here? He said, yes, is you Mr. Holler? <laughs> yeah, that's me. He said, I'm back here. I said, where are you back there? Because it was dark back there. I saw another light back there someplace, you know, coming from an office. He said, just follow this light. So I walked back there to the light. There was this man standing there. And I said, why did you call me? Why did you call me? He said, I don't know. The demon told me, told me he wasn't afraid of you. I said, the demon knew my name? He said, oh, yeah. So this thing was talking to me. And the woman, woman got down in, the, down in the floor and was asking all serpentine and everything, you know. Well, if you've ever seen it, you, you know it's it's a terrible, terrible thing. It's not funny at all, but it kind of sounds like a funny story. But my fear was what was funny. He said she was in the floor. And I said, what are you afraid of? He said, at that time, I wasn't sure it was a demon. I said, I thought it was her personality. He, he was a specialist in MPDs. You know what that is? Most multiple personality disorder. Loud, she says. Multiple personality disorder. He thought that was what was going on, but then he said, he said, when I said, what are you afraid of? That demon said, not John Holler. He said, who? Not John Holler. Real gravelly voice, he said. It could not have been her, he said. Just couldn't have been her. So he went to the phone book, looked me up, and there I was, John Holler. I don't know why the devil, devil didn't tell me my phone number, but anyway. <laughs> that's the I, I knew that the devil, that demon knew me. It made me proud. It made me feel good. It didn't frighten me at all, but boy, she did. I said, well, where is she now? He said, she's down in the hallway. I said, down this hallway? That black, dark hallway? He said, yeah. I said, well, go back there and get her. He said, I'm not going back there, man. I said, Basil, go, my guy that I brought with me, I said, I couldn't even find him. Basil, come up, come up here and help me. No, I'm not going down there, Pastor. I had to walk down there by myself. I'm not trying to be a hero. I'm just telling you the story. Walked down there, and it was dark. It was a south, south, Southwest Bank building. Southwest. The bank called Southwest. Southwest Bank. Knickerbocker. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, walked back there, and I heard something bump, something, something move. And it, I walked into the office where, where I heard the noise. I said, you in here? If you're in here, you got to come out. And uh, the noise made, she made a noise again, ruffled, moved around some chairs or something. She was under, under a desk, under the chairs, back there in, in the corner. It was a sad situation. I threatened her, threatened him. I don't know if I was talking to him, her, or the, or the <coughs> demon, you know. I said, you're going to come out of there right now. No, maybe come in there and get you, because if I come in there and get you, it's going to be bad. Come out. 
turn my walk out. I, I did that in Jesus' name, too. You use Jesus' name like a sword. It worked for you. She came She came crawling out here in a little while, half, half slithering and half crawling. She came out back up to the office in about five minutes or ten, I guess. Happy sequel to the story is we got her set free that night. She became a member of our church. And a few months later, God used her to give Ann, Miss, Miss Ann a whole bunch of stuff. She got healed. She had all kinds of stuff that was in her life she didn't need in her life. And there was vestiges of a broken marriage and all that. And she got right with God. It was a wonderful thing. God can do anything. But listen to me. You have to get strong to meet those those expectations that are going to come on you. When you get strong, you get bigger challenges. Let's go back to the physical. Recover. Recovery. It says here your muscles need to, to recover from your workouts to grow stronger and bigger. They can't recover if you work out every day. Even your mind needs a break. Take three or four rest days a week. Help your muscles recover by getting plenty of food, water, and sleep. Especially that means to us, Acts 26, 2.26. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad. Moreover, also my flesh shall rest in hope. Resting in hope. Resting for a better day. This is a grace moment in this message. Grace is the same thing as rest. You're saved by the gift of grace. That means you don't have to work for it. Glory to God. It's, it's your, your Sabbath rest is, has, has come. If you're here today wondering about the gospel, what it, why it's so important, Christianity is not like other religions. It's different from other religions. Yeah, I, I said like this. It's not really different. It's it's opposite. Yeah. It's opposite of the religions. Not just different. All religions are the same, except one. Yeah. All religions are the same. You hear me? They're all the same. They're all they all give a, a way to reach God, a way to get to heaven, a way to manifest something good in your life for for God's sake. That all sounds Christian, but it's not Christian. That's man-made religion. That you can do something to please God. Christianity says, God did it all for us. We're saved by grace. God did it all for us. We only believe it. We just take it in our hearts by, by faith. It's the difference in... C.S. Lewis walks into a room and men were talking about religions, the world religions. He just sat down over to the side for a little bit and they were talking about what makes Christianity different. They said, what, they said, what makes Hinduism different? And they discussed that for 30 minutes or an hour. They finally got to Christianity and they said, what, what makes Christianity different? They all had their ideas about this and that and the other. They didn't, none of them had the right idea. They asked C.S. Lewis, what makes Christianity different? He said, one word, grace. What other religion offers you grace? None. Islam won't. Nothing will offer grace but Jesus. He did the work for us so we can put our faith in Him. It's not different. It's opposite. So be intentional about rest. Don't talk about your work and your church and your ministry 24-7. Give yourself, your spouse, and your family a break. There was a time when I had very little compassion for burned out preachers. Had very little compassion for burned out, burned out preachers because I was so thankful to be preaching, getting paid to do it. I love that. I just love that. I never knew that I could be worthy enough to have that when I was growing up over there in Love County. I, probably, I thought I'd be working on the railroad or the farm my whole life, you know. What a, what a day when they said that we're going to pay you to, to be our pastor. That changed my whole life. I was so grateful. I still get, still get up at 4 o'clock in the morning, you know, and go, go to prayer. Living on four hours, of work, four hours of sleep a day. 
for twenty. Well, I don't know for about twenty-five or thirty years. So that's all. I didn't want to be one of those lazy ones. It just felt like I was on vacation every day. I couldn't bear to listen to a whining preacher about how bad his, how, how, how mean his city was. How much? Yeah, I was talking about how much demonic activity there is in these towns. You know, so they say all oh, antlers uh, is the worst. It may be bad, but it's not the worst. Listen to me. I'll tell pastors, and you need to hear me say this. You need to hear me say this. Your town is not worse than Ephesus was. When Paul went there by himself, with just a few men around him, every person there was a blood-drinking, baby-sacrificing pagan. Every person there, from the mayor, the king of the city, to the newborn baby, they're all pagans, terrible pagans. We we have never seen anything like that in the, here on the United States here. Never seen anything like that. Glory to God. So don't whine about your situation. Just get better. Get bigger. Get stronger. And back to the physical. He says here, you need one more thing you need to do to get strong is to eat more. Your body uses food to fuel workouts and recover muscles. Your muscles can't recover and grow if there's a shortage of food. Most guys need at least 3,000 calories a day to build muscle. Skinny guys with high metabolism need even more to gain weight. Special, special application is Acts chapter 6, verse 2. Then the twelve called the multitude of the disciples unto them and said, It is not reason that we should leave the word of God and serve yeah. tables. Wherefore, brethren, look ye out among your, you seven men of honest report, full of the Holy Ghost and wisdom, whom we may appoint over this business. But we will give ourselves continually to prayer and to the ministry of the Word. Continually to the ministry of prayer and the Word. Raise the level of your personal prayer and Bible study. You want to get strong in the Lord? Stay more time in prayer. Pray in tongues more than you think is, is prudent. Read more of the Word. I myself make myself read five chapters every day. It does not count my Bible study for messages and what have you. Sometimes that'll be five or six hours a day just studying the Word. But every day I read five chapters for me just because I'm a Christian. You know I'm a Christian, don't you? Okay. I heard a silly story. I, I want to read this to you. CIA, the CIA had an open position for an assassin. After all the background checks, interviews, and testing were completed, they had narrowed the field to three possible agents. For the final test, the CIA agents took one of the men to a large metal door and handed him a gun. You must know you, you will follow instructions no matter what the circumstances are. Inside that room, you'll find your wife sitting in a chair. We need you to kill her. First man said, you can't be serious. I can never shoot my wife. The agent said, then you're not the right man for this job. Take your wife and go home. So he did. The second man was given the same instructions. He took the gun and went into the room. All was quiet for about five minutes. The man came out with tears. In his eyes, he said, I tried, but I cannot kill my wife. The agent said, you, you don't have what it takes to take your wife and go home. Finally, the last man was given the same instructions to kill his wife. He took the gun, went into the room. Shots were heard, one after another. They heard screaming, crashing, banging on the walls. After a few minutes, all was quiet. The door opened slowly, and there stood the man, wiping, wiping sweat from his brow. And he said, some idiot loaded the gun with blanks. Had to, had to strangle her, strangle her to, to, to death. <laughs> he misunderstood. 
Back to the physical. Eat protein, it says. Your body uses protein to build new muscle and recover damaged muscle tissue post-workout. You need 2.2 protein grams per kilogram of body weight to maximize muscle recovery and build muscle. Wow. The spiritual for that is Second Timothy 2, verses 1 and 2. Thou therefore, my son, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus. And the things that thou hast heard of me among many witnesses, the same commit thou to faithful men, who shall be able to teach others also. I marvel, this is Galatians 1, 6-9, I marvel that ye are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ unto another gospel which is not another, but there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Christ. But though we or an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than that which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. As we said before, so say I now again, if any man preach any other gospel unto you than that ye have received, let him be accursed. This is the most monumental moment in Paul's writings. It's so the only time he has two verses that say the same thing, almost exactly. Exactly, precisely the same thing. It's important words. It means something special. The gospel of grace. The gospel of grace. I, th- I like to think of it like this. Theology is protein. Doctrine is carbs. Grace is theology. Faith is doctrine. Righteousness is theology. Holiness is doctrine. It's time for us to get it know to know what God means, what God said, what God did for us. You cannot see the Bible the right way until you know what theology means, what it means, how God saw it, what God did. You'll always be trying to improve upon what God did if you don't know what He did. You, you think that's your responsibility? Number nine. Get real, it says. This is this is the physical. You can't get steroid-like results without using steroids. You can't turn into Arnold Schwarzenegger in three months because building muscle takes time. Focus on focus on improving yourself. I say develop patience by living a complaint-free life. No critiques of others. No critiques of others. What that does is falsely making yourself look better. You have to tear down somebody else to make yourself look better. That's the steroids of Christianity. Complaining and critiquing others. Talking bad about other people. It does not make you look better to me. Or to yourself, or to God, it makes you look small. Develop patience by living a complaint-free life. And it takes time. It takes time to grow. You have to be consistent. Number ten is. What do you think? Number ten is. Be consistent. Most guys gain five pounds of lean muscle per week if they do an effective training program and eat well. You can't gain muscle faster than this. It takes a year to gain 24 pounds of lean muscle and a dramatic change. Consistency is therefore the key. So I want to say to you in the spirit, my special advice to you is stick with it. Stick with it. Never leave a ministry just because you want to quit. Quit only because the Lord makes you quit. Or your supervisor needs you to someplace else. What we said here today. Let's look at it. What we said was increase your involvement. Take on a problem area in the church. Take on a problem area in the church. That's number one. Number two. Increase your involvement. Take on a, pro- a heavier load at church. Number three, challenge your whole man, spirit, soul, and body. You need a balanced life. Number four, 
Think outside the framework of what you make, what makes you comfortable. Take risks. Faith is spelled R-I-S-K. Number five, increase involvement. Prioritize, say, Wednesday nights, just like you do Sundays. Increase your involvement in the yoke of Jesus. Number six, be intentional about rest. Don't talk about your work, your church, your ministry 24-7. Give yourself and your spouse and your family a break. Be intentional about rest. Number seven, raise the level of your personal prayer and Bible study. Raise the level of your personal prayer and Bible study. Number eight, theology is protein, doctrine is carbs. Amen. And finally, number nine, get real. Develop patience by living a complaint-free life. No critiques of others. Falsely making yourself look look better. You know, you see somebody big muscle up. You get impressed by that while they look until you find out they're on steroids. Don't you? It seems seems like it's all a sham then, doesn't it? Be consistent. That's what it said in the flesh. It says the same thing in the spirit. Be consistent. Stick with it. Never leave a ministry just because you want to. Quit only because the Lord makes you quit. Or your supervisor needs you someplace else. Amen. Amen. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you for this word today. Thank you for your emphasis on growth and increase and helping us to understand what you you want in, in this life. I love you, Father. I love you so much today. Thank you for your power that works in me, making me more than I am in the natural. Thank you for making all of us more than we are in the natural. There's something to be said for the physical, but not anything like what's to be said for the spiritual. Little girl from Oklahoma, Thackeray, Oklahoma, raised a man from the dead on the side of the highway because of your power, your name, Jesus. Anything can happen if we stay with you, stay hooked up with you tightly. I thank you for the increase that's coming upon their lives here today in Jesus' name. Amen.